Hello, I'm Miriam Felton. Welcome to the Yarn Stories podcast. My first guest today is Carol Feller, who worked in conjunction with Fiber Spates and Chester Wool to produce a yarn line called Nua. Nua brings together some very disparate fibers in a really beautiful way, and it's threaded through with a love of Ireland, where Carol comes from. It's really a yarn created with a sense of place. So without further ado, here's my interview with Carol. Keep an ear out for my Siamese cat Echo's meows in the background. He's currently pawing underneath the closet door as I record. So I'm here with Carol Feller, who is a knitwear designer and teacher living in Cork, Ireland, who has released a new yarn called Nua, which does mean new in Irish, right? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So hi. Hi. Nice to be here with you. (laughs) Thanks. Uh, So Nua is a blend of 60% merino, 20% yak, and 20% linen. So how did you land on this specific blend? And how many iterations did you go through before you got there? It was kind of a happy accident because one of the first collaborations I ever had when I started designing was with Fiberspace, which is a company in the UK. Mm-hmm. And Fiberspace and Chester Wool, who does a lot of, he, he supplies a lot of yarn for the hand dyeing market in the UK and Europe. Um, they uh, got together both professionally and as a couple. And so I've ended up kind of having a lot of contact on and off with them. And they were the ones that said, hey, would you like to go do something with us with the yarn? That sounds like a great idea. So I I came in with a couple of different ideas. Initially, I had I said I I had a few things that I didn't didn't want. I said, I don't want to superwash yarn because Mm -hmm. I do a lot of garments and non superwash really is preferable. You tend to get a better bounce to it and it's not going to hang and spread when you wash and things like that so that was kind of my number one and the other one was in Ireland it's really hard to get sports weight yarn oh interesting yeah so I said I wanted a sports weight yarn but I didn't want it like all like close to fingering because I wanted it again primarily for garments which is what I like to knit Mm -hmm. so it's so yeah basically yeah exactly it's like it's it's kind of it's edging into a lighter DK but it was it's a really nice way to knit with and it's not doesn't take so long that you know you feel like you've been knitting forever for a garment so yeah I I, yeah so it's it's a good garment one so that was kind of my two initial guidelines and the idea for the blend came actually from Andy Chesterwell Andy because we were sitting down and he's like look I've got you know this idea of mix that we could play with and I just wanted to see what you thought of it it's like you know merino base which is always a good place to start and then yak because it's as soft as cashmere but it's Mm -hmm. not as expensive and then he was like and how about linen because even though everyone focuses on Aaron knitting and cables and Aaron weight yarn there is in the north of Ireland this huge linen industry historically in Belfast yeah and so it's like it's like it's not traditional Irish but it is is still an Irish connection and yeah I'm like, that makes sense yeah so so he kind of threw that in there as a way of connecting him with Ireland and I'm like yeah I love the idea so when it actually came out 
I and we got back like the first set of yarn. I I really I really liked it a lot. It had a nice feel because of the yak. It has you know the actual natural color is a, a kind of a muted beigey light brown. Yeah. So the like the the bare necessities color is the actual undyed color of the yarn. That's awesome. That actually meant then because it started with the brown color, all of the other colors when they're over dyed ended up having a very rustic muted feel to them, which really are my colors. They're the stuff I gravitate towards, kind of like a lot of greens and and blues and things like that, with a few brighter dots kind of interspersed. <laughs> so it, it and worked out well. You're, you're answering all of my yeah, questions. Yeah, sorry. I'll just, I, <laughs> I, I like talking about the yarn. <laughs> And then the linen makes tweed because it dyes yeah. differently than the than the other yeah, two. Yeah, it pulls the dye in yeah. a completely different way. Exactly. Um, yeah, you're you're basically like going through my rundown of questions. <laughs> Sorry, it's uh, okay. Sure you come up with more questions. <laughs> I'll give you enough time. <laughs> Got to do it on the fly. Yeah. So actually, let me let me get into question about the ply structure. So it's really versatile. You've done a collection that uh, has cables and lace and texture, like garments and accessories. So what is the ply structure like in the yarn and you know how is it functioning so well in all these different situations I'll, I'll tell you I'm I'm not I didn't really get into the whole technical end <laughs> of it so I should probably really just refer you on to Andy but in terms of the way <laughs> it knits I can answer that for sure so cool. <laughs> it's nicely balanced it, you know it's plied so that it's got a good even balance but it's not so tight that it's got you know that the stitches hold completely separate from each other you know when you've got a yeah. very a very tightly plied yeah, like twisted super, yarn super round yeah and it's and i mean which is good for some things but i it's it, it it's not what what this one does this one because it's slightly softer it means that the stitches will are quite happy to kind of blend together so it's mm-hmm. really really nice for color work and i'm normally not a color work person but this yarn actually makes me want to do color work because <laughs> they, it, it looks good even before you yeah. block it so that's great yeah so that was so it's actually kind of encouraging me to move into to new areas of designing that I haven't really looked at before nice. so yeah so it does and, and it kind of it's fairly it's happy to be worked like that if you do it a little bit tighter it'll do cables for you again you know it, it's you can I usually vary between like three and a half millimeter needles up to four or even four and a half for like a very loose shawl and things like that. So mm-hmm. it does, it does quite a bit, but the shawls obviously because it's sports weight are going to yeah. be kind of, kind of fluffier rather than a very fine fingering weight shawl, you know? Yeah. So does the yak like full up and fill the space in the stitches? It does. It, it, it does it really nicely so that you get, That's an, great. yeah, you get a nice halo. So that makes it a more versatile weight. If you need it at like a DK weight, it's going to fluff up and not look like, you know, super slinky. Exactly. Yeah, definitely does that. And it's and yet you you, you can still knit it a little tighter if you want to. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, I've been asked a lot as well how, how it wears. And I think it's more it seems to be more inclined to kind of get a, a halo and, and a, a fuzz rather mm-hmm. than actually, you know, pilling, pilling the way you, yeah. you can get with others. Well, and the linen is going to make it sturdier. Yeah. As it is, yeah. you know, it's going to help boost the resiliency of the merino. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's great. How long did it take from like uh, from inception to the release? Because you also had time to do the, the collection of patterns. Yeah. And, you know, figure out colors and all those sorts of things. So how long have you been actually working on this? It was, I suppose, a year and a half ago. It was like around about Easter time. So like March, April. Okay. Uh, don't ask me the year but not last year yeah. the year before 
Um, we came over and we were going through samples and just talking about what it would look like. Yeah. And then it was the end of that summer. Um, was it the end of that summer? Probably like, yeah, like August, September or October when I got the first few samples of yarn in and I was able to start swatching mm-hmm. and coming up with ideas. But like at that stage, we got, because um, I had kind of planned the colours, that was where I had the most input was actually the colour planning. Yeah, that makes and sense. Putting, you know, putting you know, photographs and just swatches and things together of what I wanted to come out like. And so the ones we ended up with, a few of them took quite, a, took a few runs to get right because the copple, which is the dark brown one, and yeah. also the frog on the wall, which is kind of the uh, the brighter green. Yeah. Or grello, if you prefer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's a great colour. I, I love it. But the first time round, it wasn't right. It was really yeah. too, it was more of a mossy green and it just wasn't what we wanted. But because they're over dyeing on a brown yarn, it was yeah, really difficult. <laughs> so it was actually Jenny from Fiberspace is the one that was doing the test dyeing. And so she'd actually send like about 10 different little bits dyed up and just like, <laughs> OK, do any of these look right? And I'm like, ah, oh, you've got it. And apparently <laughs> whatever color she had to add was completely not what you expected because oh, yeah. of the because you have to overbalance you yeah. have to balance the over dye color yeah yeah so that interesting. was very interesting that that took a little bit to, to get there yeah so yeah so i initially those two i didn't actually have for the initial designs because i had all of the other colors but they were back and um, going through the mill again for the second run through because of course every time you say actually that's not right you have to kind of accept <laughs> that it's another two three months before you get it down the line again so you, you have yeah. to be really sure that you want to change that color (laughs) (laughs) makes sense yeah so I was just going to say that because I'm going to be looking at these colors for a while I really did it was it was made sense to me that we took our time with getting the ones that we really wanted you know that makes sense yeah so speaking of the colors the line has 10 um and they range from slightly muted brights to like neutrals that manage to be both neutral and interesting I'm I'm a deep deep in my heart lover of like neutrals that read neutral but also have like subtle color especially like purpley mm-hmm. grays love them mm-hmm. um so did you spend a lot of time on the neutrals or did they just kind of like magically happenstance with the overdying? um kind of a combination i mean i knew i was it was hard to convey i mainly kind of did it through words and lots of images and things where i was pointing out kind of this is the direction i want to go in um, but mm-hmm. I mean, I suspect as well that the the, the starting color really did help with creating the you know the depth of the of the colors in it. You know. Yeah. Um, I mean, the only one that went too far was copper because it was really it ended up being too dark. It was almost a black. So we kind of were, it took a little bit to get between that. You know, you can get a really ugly brown and yeah. <laughs> and, <laughs> and and one that's black. So trying to find the sweet spot between the two again also yeah. took a little bit. Uh, we've actually we're in the process of getting four more colors ready as well. So Ooh, we've had I've that's had, exciting. Yeah, yeah. So I'm really looking forward to them. And again, same process where there was you know the color swatches came in and two of them were perfect, and then the other ones were like, oh, we need to redo those. And we've now got <laughs> the new last aim, and they all look wonderful. So they should really oh, kind of start rounding out the, the color ranges offered a bit more fully. You know. 
Yeah, that's great. So when do you expect those will be out? Um, it'll probably be early New Year. Um, I, sh- I should hope. Yeah, because I mean, the so it's sort of like the second wave release of this because you released yeah. in February. Yeah, that's right. And we've got I, I'm currently working on another um, collection that will be out in November. I get, but rather than do um, one big one, which would have like 10 to 12 patterns in it, I've actually the first one had four patterns and then the next mm-hmm. one is going to have five. And it, it kind of made sense to me because it's it's cheaper for me in terms of printing. And also it means that less commitment if there's one yeah. or two patterns you like rather than having to get and, you know, a, a whole book a much with, more substantial you know, book. Want the two. Yeah, that exactly. Yeah. So it's um, yeah. So that that should be out soon. Awesome. So it sounds like you you had a really true collaboration between Fiberspates and Andy, who was doing the milling, and you. So mm-hmm. Fiberspates did the dyeing and consulting on colors. You worked on colors and design, and uh, and then Andy did did all the milling and like. Well, Andy doesn't do the milling. His um, Andy does just dis- dis- distribution, um, oh, and he it. actually okay. so organ- he, he the organizes mill. the mill. Yeah, and cool. the mill also does the dyeing. But Jenny from Fiberspates does all of like the sample dyeing and things yeah, like that, that makes sense. and Gives coordinates them an to make sure they exactly. So she coordinates all of the yarn colors. But he's kind of yeah does the distribution and actually specifying for the actual yarn itself. So yeah, all yeah. the like ply structure and all the details. Exactly. Yes, that's great. Yeah. yeah. So it means I I actually I'm I'm a really big believer in people playing to their strengths. You know. Yeah. Where. Like rather than me trying to actually distribute it and do that whole end, I don't know anything about it. And it would both be, I mean, it would be a very steep learning curve. And it's actually, I, I don't really want to spend my time doing that because I like designing and yeah. I want to be able to spend my time doing the designing because that's really my strong point. So it's, yeah. But it's, it's got to be fun to, to be so involved, you know, from the get. Yes. Uh, having having a that kind of like detail. You know what it, I mean? No, it, it really is. Yeah. The colors are a little daunting there. It's, it's very odd when you're suddenly like pick 10 colors you like. And you're like, it, shit. it's, <laughs> it's remarkably difficult. I, I, I yeah. mean, I, it, yeah, it, it was yeah much harder than I had expected because do you go with just the stuff you really like or do you oh, try to like about everyone? Or yeah. should I make sure I've got a nice, well-rounded color palette? <laughs> so it, 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 I ended up like settling in between because I only picked colors I really like myself and I would pick up and happily buy or knit with. Yeah. But I still try to actually spread it a little. Yeah, I think that's a good balance. Within a month or two of it coming out, I had many, many requests for pink. And I said, I will do a Why? pink, but only a really bright cerise pink because I don't do right. pastel pink. <laughs> Well, and I don't think pastel pink would look nice on on the overdye. I don't like, think, I think the pastel pink would really, yeah, it would just kind of be muddy. A dusty rose, maybe like a dusty rose. Yeah. probably you get you'd be able to manage. Yeah. But, but I I like I like really really deep pinks that are Me almost too. kind of touching off the end of purples. Mm-hmm. You know, so that would be one of those, and it came out really nicely. So that's great. Be excited for the new year for the. <laughs> yeah that sounds lovely well and the, mm-hmm. the pink you know like a deep like super saturated pink is going to look really really nice with all those neutrals yeah yeah because you've got lots of combination uh, options mm-hmm. and that was actually even part of it having the two kind of sitting opposite each other having your neutrals and then you know your kind of slightly brighter pops of color mm-hmm. is that 
it's really easy to combine colors then yeah. if, you know if you're doing a garment and you just want a small bit of color pick one of the neutrals and then just in the, add a little of one that you like that looks with it because like yeah. they can't all be combined but they can almost all you yeah know, with just a well, few because the, the brights have enough um enough saturation contrast from the neutrals that like they would mm-hmm. you know if you did the black and white color test for color work um which for yeah. people listening who don't know what that is um basically <laughs> like you can you can see whether or not there's enough contrast between uh between colors for color work by like taking a photo and turning it black and white um to see whether you know the value is is different enough that it will pop as color work Mm -hmm. so um yeah you could totally just pick one of the brights that would have enough value difference from any of the neutrals and pair the two and they'd look great yeah yeah Absolutely. Or, I mean, I've also had, like, um, a couple of weeks ago, there was a a free pattern came out in Nitty, Pistachio Saffron, Mm -hmm. and it used the the kind of the more neutral, light grey kitten fluff with uh, stripes of... <laughs> You'd have to come back to the names in a minute when I finish this story. Yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> um, with uh, with pops of frog on the wall, mm-hmm. but I was doing a class last week and I had some yarn with me and just watching people combining the colors and like for me, I like small little bits of bright color with the neutrals, but a lot of people were going with two really close ones where they had you know the light gray and then doing really really subtle the um you know the very pale blue the unexpected Mm -hmm. macaw so that like it's very little difference and and very subtle but still you know but obviously that's what called out to them that in stripes you can actually still get away with it but it's just a totally different effect you know that's great so um the colors for people who are just listening we've got angry monkey which is kind of a bricky red capel capel Couple. Yeah, that's yeah, perfect. What does it mean? It means horse in Irish. Oh, cool. Awesome. Um, and this is this is what Irish Gaelic? Um, yeah, just although Irish, we, call, like... we call it Irish here. Okay, I know outside it. of Ireland they'll call they'll call it Gaelic, but within the country here, if someone you says what are you Irish. speaking, we'd say I'm speaking Irish. Yeah. Oh, that makes sense. Okay. So couple is a like a heathery sort of uh, charcoal grey. And then you've got August Storms, which is a sort of slaty blue. Um, unexpected macaw, which is just wonderful name, <laughs> and it's sort of, sort of a. Um, how would you describe it? It's I, like I, it's denim. It's like a yeah. faded, like your favorite faded denim kind of color. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then we've got Hatter's Teal Party, which is teal. <laughs> um, yeah, surprise. Mosquito Coast, which is this beautiful, like, mossy green, like, deep mossy green. Yeah. Uh, Frog on the Wall, which is that grello, that, like, yellowy green, kind of acidy, wonderful color. I love it. And Rolling Bales, which very much looks like hay. Yep. It's like, you know, like bright summer hay. Bare Necessities, which is the, the undyed, right? Mm-hmm. That's, that's right. The, that's the standard, you know, color that all the other colors are overdying. Yep. And it's sort of a taupey, you know, neutral uh, and then kitten fluff, which is just f- the best gray and the best name for gray. <laughs> you can probably imagine the photo I use as reference for that. It was one of those teeny tiny, super fluffy, oh, pale gray them. kittens that with the that ear are just, fluff. Yeah, yeah. That, that's I love what, the ear fluff. That's what I had in my head. So, like oh, with God. colors, I go with pictures. I have a picture of something in my head, and yeah, the like unexpected macaw. It was like your favorite denim with you know, and because you've got the flecks of linen. It's kind of got that little well-worn look to it. Yeah. And August storms is when I was living in Florida, those storms in August, those enormous, oh, yeah. huge clouds where 
it's like a terrifying gray color where there's like yeah. it's just it's, it's going to if you saw that color your head yeah if you saw that color yeah. in the sky like batting down the hatches yeah exactly <laughs> Angry Monkey was courtesy of my youngest because we uh, he wanted it to be called Angry Demon Monkeys and I <laughs> I shortened it to Angry Monkey which he wasn't impressed with. I said that's enough. well, yeah. You yeah. don't you don't need demon in there. It's... Yeah, but when we when we produced all of the names and gave them to Andy, his responses were you just hanging out at the pool drinking cocktails at the time? It's like, well, actually, we may have been on holidays and yes, there may have been a pool involved. <laughs> <laughs> but like with my pa- I don't like naming stuff but my husband yeah. loves it so oh, the that's way good. It, the way it works is Joe will sit there free associating he's like what do you think of it and I'll, I'll say it makes me think of you know x y and z and mm-hmm. he'll just free associate and then at some point I go, oh stop that's it <laughs> yeah I have and a I have a friend that I turn to to name things when I because yeah. you know when you get a little too close to the designs um and like for me at least when by the time I'm done with a piece I hate it yeah um I'm usually like ready to punch it in the face or throw it across the room mm-hmm. yeah so like when I get to the point of naming it I'm kind of like I don't like it I can't be like I can't separate my emotional state from it yeah <laughs> you know what I mean so I send I send pictures of it to a friend of mine uh Erica who is really good with names and she free associates and then sends me back a bunch of name options yeah and, and the thing is some people really really enjoy coming up with names because like yeah. Joe thinks it's great fun and like it's for me it is literally like pulling teeth so right you know if you can find someone like that it's right. in heaven you know for sure it's <laughs> awesome um, so did you say you lived in Florida for a yeah, while? Yeah, it was, it's a long time ago now. Yeah, when we okay. got, my husband is from Florida. Um, oh, and nice. we met when he was in a semester abroad in Cork in Ireland. Mm-hmm. And so after we graduated and got married, we went and lived in Florida for three years. And my oldest was born there and my in-laws still live there. But we kind of managed about three years. And then that kind of heat and mosquitoes yeah. with the toddler. And it was Oof. just, it got a bit much. So we just said, let's go back to Ireland. And so it, <laughs> it was a good nice and decision for and us. cool all the time. Yeah. And this way we get, I mean, most years sometimes every second but we try to make it most years because my in-laws don't travel and mm-hmm. we have the only grandchildren here so yeah they'll be they'll be mad if uh, if they don't get to see their grandchildren exactly <laughs> yeah and you know florida holiday what's not to like yeah. right it's fine as long as you don't go in the summer <laughs> yeah well that's when we always go we're always there in august <laughs> oh god <laughs> But at least, like, everybody in Florida has air conditioning. Yeah, and we usually, we're staying out by the beach, and we don't get oh, out of good. the water, so it's actually fine. We just don't head inland, really, you know, so yeah. it's okay. <laughs> awesome. So what what else have you got coming up with Nua? Well, in, obviously, in November, we have um, the new booklet coming out. But after that, I wanted to give people the option of getting early access to the new colours. So I was going to tie in my first ever mystery shawl knit along Ooh. with some kits using the new colours. So that way people could actually yeah, go do a knit along with me and get early access to the colours before That's they're exciting. in stores or in my shop. Yeah. Nice. So that should be fun. <laughs> awesome. So um, do you have any distributors in the U.S. doing this? We do. Yep. Um, Fiber Spates distribute in the U.S. Good. So like most 
uh, like most yarn reps will be yeah. able to get hold of it and yarn shop. So that way you can pick it up and take a look at yourself, which it's, That's it's always nice for a new yarn, I think, to be able to hold it in your hand before you buy and decide sure. color combinations. Yeah. Well, and especially with a yarn like this, that's got such a unique blend of fibers. Like I think mm-hmm. you really need to feel it. Yeah. You know, yeah. <laughs> like, cause it's going to be soft and fluffy and like have a, yeah. have a drapey hand to it because of the linen that like, you're not going to get in any other wool blend. Yeah. Um, it surprises people actually because of the linen in it and they mm-hmm. see it and they see the flex. They assume it's really tweedy and there's going to be a roughness to it. So the first thing everyone yeah. says when they pick it up is, Ooh, it's so soft. I wasn't <laughs> expecting it. <laughs> because just the tweed is deceptive looking yeah. because or the, no, the linen, I should say, because of the visual, you know? Yeah, it makes it look like it's like it's a noopy tweed, but yeah. it's it's really just the linen in there that's picking up the dye differently. Yeah, exactly. It's great. And I mean, you know, I love the end effect of linen, but linen by itself can be pretty tough knitting yeah. with on your hands. Whereas with this, it's you, you get some of the benefit of it, but there's none of the discomfort knitting wise with it. Fortunately, yeah. I love linen blends. Um, yeah. One of my favorite yarns is is a silk and linen blend. It's 50-50, I think. It's nice. Um, and Zula Breeze. Uh, yeah, I've yeah. knit so many things in it because it's just I, wonderful. Was, I don't know if they still make it, but Louette used to do one called, is it a Merlin oh, or something? Yeah. That was, Merlin, that was also linen. really... Yeah, it was it was about mm-hmm. 50-50 as well. That was also really nice. So yeah, it, that was my beautiful. first experience of a, a kind of a merino linen blend. Uh, so we'd like to do a drawing for a digital copy of this first NUA collection. So if you want to enter for that, there will be instructions on the post for this page. And uh, in closing, let me ask you this question that I ask everybody. Um, what is your superpower? <laughs> you should have given me warning about this. <laughs> um, I, I strongly suspect my superpower might be the ability to seem calm when I am a stressed ball nice. of craziness. That's because a good more, one. More often, I so often get people telling me, it's like, oh, you're so chill, Carl. And I'm like, you've got to be kidding me, right? <laughs> like I'm losing my mind. And <laughs> I, 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 for some reason, I don't convey that, which I'm really happy about because it feels like I can keep the crazy in my head inside and nobody needs to know, which is Well, with that very many good. boys, that's probably <laughs> a really, really good superpower. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, thank you so much. You're very welcome. It was lovely talking with you. Thank you. If you'd like to see the NUA color lineup with all of those wonderful names, I've put links to their website and a picture of all the first release colors in the show notes. And as Carol mentioned, she's releasing the second collection this month, New Colors in January, and a mystery knit-along. So you can sign up for her newsletter to get all of those releases delivered to your inbox. Nua is a sport weight yarn, which is a weight right between DK and fingering. If you'd like to learn more about yarn weights, I've linked to my yarn weight data chart in the show notes as well. Next up, we'll talk to Amy King as our fiber expert for this episode. We'll discuss the blend of merino, yak, and linen specifically, and how they work together in Nua. Plus, a little talk about why you would choose specifically non-superwash wool over superwash wool for a blend like this. So I'm here with Amy King, fiber author, teacher, and all-around artist. She sells her pottery, hand-dyed yarn, fibers, and much more from Spunky Eclectic, her shop based in Lisbon, Maine. Hey, Amy. Hey there. How are you? I'm pretty good. How are you? Good. 
So I wanted to talk to you about uh, Nua, Carol Feller's new yarn. It's merino, yak, and linen. It's beautiful. Isn't it? So the yak is a really neutral brown. How will that affect the overdye? Well, when something is like a neutral brown, um, it just darkens the dye. So if you've got like a white and a brown kind of next to each other, mm-hmm. you know, the white is going to be a lot brighter mm-hmm. and the brown is going to be a lot duller. Okay. This this blend is a lot of different fibers, like very diverse fibers. Right, right. Yeah. So how do you think that the fibers would react together in a yarn? Like how would they influence the finished yarn? They're actually, you know, we have a product that we um, dye here and it's 60% merino and 40% linen, mm-hmm. which is a, a much higher percentage of linen than is in the new yarn. But it's really beautiful the way that it comes out. You know, there's the little fuzzy edges of the linen that stick out and you can see it in this one as well that the linen sticks out a little bit. Yeah. But it's just, it doesn't make it scratchy. Uh, The linen, when you wash it, it tends to soften quite Mm -hmm. a bit. So sometimes in the beginning, when you're first spinning it, I know it can feel scratchy, but this yarn's already been spun. It's been washed. So the linen tends to be softer and it gets this really beautiful, just, it's hard to describe. It's kind of a, it's just gorgeous linen when it's all washed and it's ready and it's It's in a product. It's got a really like like a slinky hand to it. Yeah, yeah. So you're getting that from the linen and from the yak. Because yeah. yak has a tendency to not have a lot of crimp. Mm-hmm. So it's really smooth, really lovely, um, and soft, incredibly soft. So it sounds like the like the merino and the linen have very different properties. Merino is like lofty and bouncy and that sort of thing. And the linen is going to be kind of drapey once it's washed and, and a little crisp in the hand. Mm-hmm. And do you, so do you think they just like mellow each other both out and give like, and work together that way? Yeah. You know, that's the hard thing about putting a blend together. You're never sure what you're going to have. And so obviously <laughs> they worked at it to get yeah. the percentages right. So if you had a higher percentage of linen, like because our blend is 60-40, anything more than that, and the linen really starts to take over and you lose okay. a lot of that springy boinginess of the merino. Yeah. So which this blend has the 60% merino and 20% linen, 20% yak. And the 20% yak, it's also not bouncy or buoyant. It's yeah. very smooth and lovely. So it's, uh, it's going to boost the softness. It boosts the softness. It boosts the warmth level as mm. well. Mm-hmm. Um, but it doesn't add to the loftiness. So that, again, is very different than the merino. Yeah, that makes sense. So they must have worked with the blend enough to figure out what works together. Yeah. If you're a fiber processor and you're processing and you're working things out, it may take a while. You know, you start to get to know what percentages of things will work for Mm -hmm. you. Sometimes it's based on money. Sometimes it's based (laughs) on the warmth. Like really, you don't need more than 20% yak for warmth. It adds enough at 20%. Yeah, because it's super warm. Because it is. It's very, very warm. It's super insulating. Yeah, like Angora and some of the other ones out there. You really don't need to use 100% or, you know, or even a larger percentage. But it just adds the warmth. It adds the silkiness. It's just a beautiful addition. So. They must have done so, their, their homework on this. They did. So having a non-superwash merino specifically, how is that different than having a superwash merino? Like, how's that going to blend differently? 
Well, the superwash has a tendency because they're all chemically processed superwashes mm -hmm. from regular wool to be made into superwash. And it's a process that there's a couple different ones that they go through or a couple different ones it could go through. Mm -hmm. They don't always, all, all the mills or the processors don't always use the same process. Yeah. But the outcome of it is that it loses some of its crimp. Okay. And the little follicles that stick out on each little fiber that catches its neighbor, mm -hmm. which is why it felt, yeah. those are gone. They're either kind of stripped off, stretched off, or kind of smashed down in some way. So those little follicles are no longer there. So in a superwash, it has a tendency to be a little bit slipperier, and it's lost some of its crimp. Mm -hmm. So in a product like this, it would lose some of its loft. Okay. It loses some of its bounce. Mm -hmm. You know how when you're knitting with a yarn and it's got a lot of bounce and movement, some of that can be brought back into a yarn um, via ply structure. You know, really good plying. Yeah. Right. But if it doesn't have that, you know, just in general, it has a tendency to be a lot smoother. Okay. So and it doesn't blend as well because yeah. it's so much smoother like that. Yeah, it wouldn't. It wouldn't hold on to the other fibers in the blend. Right. So a lot of times I'll call Merino the glue in a blend. That makes sense. That makes really good sense because yak and the linen are so diverse. So like very different ends of the spectrum that the Merino kind of functions as a glue to hold them together in the blend. Yeah, That's exactly great. that. Well, and um, another th great thing about this yarn is that it's it's a sport weight, but because the Merino is lofty and the yak kind of like fluffs a little bit and, you know, it, once it's washed, it, it can be knit at a bunch of different gauges. You could knit it at a DK and it kind of fills in the space um, or you can knit it, you know, tighter as like a fingering for color work. Yeah. So I think the Merino being the lofty, fluffy glue makes that possible. It does. And, you know, there's a very good reason why you should swat and wash before you yeah. start knitting always <laughs> you know especially with yarns like this that you aren't familiar with necessarily yeah so psa to everyone out there if you are not washing and blocking your swatches you are doing it wrong <laughs> <laughs> i i very you know advocate that like there's no wrong way to knit but if you want something to fit or give you an accurate gauge you need to be washing and blocking your swatches that is so true <laughs> awesome thanks amy you're welcome If you'd like a chance to win a digital copy of the first NUA collection, don't forget to go enter for the drawing at yarnstoriespodcast.com. And while you're there, leave me a comment and let me know where you're listening from. I'd love to know what you do while you're listening to Yarn Stories. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please share it via social media or leave a five-star rating in iTunes. It really helps the podcast to grow and find more audience. I'm looking for sponsors as well, so if you have any suggestions or if you would like to sponsor the podcast and you have a business, I'd appreciate an email about that. This podcast was produced in Salt Lake City, Utah, with production help from Sid Fallon. Music is by the ever-elusive Breakmaster Cylinder. I'll see you again in two weeks for an interview with Heidi Hennessy about Luxadorna Cashmere. Cashmere.